0: Welcome to Marksman, a program for men who have been marked by Christ and who are aiming their lives at Christ-likeness. I'm Mark Spellman, your host, and I'm so glad. I'm blessed. I'm thankful that you joined the podcast today. I ask you if, if this podcast has been a blessing to you to encourage your faith, stir your faith, just just be a, I don't know, some fuel in your tank then man share this podcast with your friends and i've said this before not just your christian friends share it with uh, friends who might be interested to find out what is christianity all about what is what does it mean to be a man uh, walking with jesus what does it mean to be what does it mean to be a christian what does it mean what is this thing christ likeness what is this kingdom of god what is this church of the lord jesus christ all those questions And if that's you, you're listening to this program, and someone said, hey, check it out, I want to say welcome. I want to say welcome. I'm glad you're listening. I'm glad you have questions. And uh, we pray that on this program, some of your questions will be answered. And so again, I'm Mark Spellman, your host, and glad you've tuned into the podcast today. Whomever you are, all men, young and old, welcome to Marksman. We've been on a journey here uh, in the book of Hebrews chapter 11. It's what some have called the Hall of Fame as far as the Bible's concerned because it's a, it's a whole chapter where God highlights and commends and and kind of praises the, the men and women in that chapter because of what they did, how they trusted him, how they believed him, how they obeyed him, and did all that he instructed them to do. And so he highlights them and commends them for what they did. And the phrase, by faith, is repeated throughout the whole chapter. By faith, Abel. By faith, Noah. By faith, Enoch. By faith, Moses. By faith, Abraham. By faith, Isaac. And different things that they did. And so for the last few weeks, we've been talking about the generations of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. We spent nearly five episodes on Abraham. We spent, I believe, three episodes on Isaac. And we're now on our third episode with Jacob. Um, And it's a worthy study for our hearts, men, because these generational truths are getting woven into us because we're not even going to think some of the thoughts God wants us to think Until we can think generationally, and we can think that God is big enough to keep His plan on course, no matter how much we sometimes try to screw it up. (laughs) That God is a way to, to keep working with people that will just keep trusting Him, keep coming back to Him, repent and come back, repent and come back. You know, God is just able to keep weaving that thread of redemption through our lives so that the end of our days will be full of days, full of years, full of riches, and full of honor. Amen? And so, again, let's get back into our study. We've been talking about Hebrews 11, verse 21. In fact, I would, rather than quoting it, let's just read it here to you. Get to the book of uh, James and back up. Okay, Hebrews 11, verse 21, By faith Jacob, when he was dying. And, of course, at that point, he's Israel. And we talked about that last week. He's Israel. His name got changed after he wrestled with God one night. as In his own words, I was face-to-face with God, and he preserved my life. And, of course, he walked away from that night. He had uh, His hip was put out of joint, so he walked with a limp. From that point on, and so that's kind of a, a, something recorded in Scripture for us. But he had his name changed. He was no longer Jacob the deceiver, the supplanter. He was now a prince with God because he prevailed with God in prayer that night. He prevailed as he wrestled with that man or that angel that night. And that angel then said, you have prevailed with God, and you are no longer Jacob. You are now Israel, for you are a prince with God. And so here in verse 21 of Hebrews 11, Israel when he was dying, blessed both the sons of Joseph and worshipped as he leaned upon his staff. That is recorded in Genesis 48. But we're not to Genesis 48 yet. Um, We left off in Genesis 35 um, as we were finally realizing that uh, Jacob, who is now Israel, has had twelve sons. Uh, he did have he did have some daughters in there, but he had twelve sons, and those are the ones mentioned. Those are the twelve tribes of Israel. And so, let's look here, if you would, take a a short little uh, journey back over to the Book of Revelation. And I'm excited to share this with you, men. I really am excited to share this with you. In Revelation chapter 21, almost to the very end of the book, praise God. Aren't you glad in the end of the book we win? Glory to God. It's not over till we win. In fact, why don't you just say that? It's not over until I win. (laughs) It's not over till you win. Amen. So just keep and that's what this program's here for. I mean we're here to encourage you to keep pressing, forgetting those things that are behind, pressing towards the mark Philippians 3 forget Paul said that. I don't he said I don't I haven't, I haven't acquired everything. I haven't achieved everything but one thing I do know, I forget those things that are behind it I keep pressing towards the mark towards the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. So here in Revelation 21, I want to read verse 10 through 12. So if you'll join me there, Revelation 21, 10 through 12. He carried me away. This is John being carried away in the spirit, a very supernatural experience. He is being being caught up and being shown things that are actually in the future. He's literally being shown the future. And he sees a great and high mountain. That's where he's standing, on a great high mountain. And he was shown a great city. It's the holy Jerusalem. And it was descending out of heaven from God. He's, He's looking at a city that's flying, a city that's coming down, coming down from God. And this city has the glory of God. And her light was like unto the stone of the most precious gems, even like the jasper stone, clear as crystal. Just a glorious, glorious looking city, shining, sparkling. Verse 12, And the city had a great wall, a very high one, and the walls had twelve gates, And at the gates were 12 angels. We've been talking a lot about angels. There's a lot of angel activity. Praise God for angels. You know, Jesus talked about the children coming unto him, and his disciples were trying to forbid people from bringing the children to him. And he said, no, let the children come to me. You know you got to be a pretty cool person if kids want to be around you you know, sometimes I think the idea of who we think Jesus was and is is, man, we just need to let some of that stuff fall away. He was cool enough for kids to want to be around him. Kids were trying to press in to be with him. And, you know, kids don't like phonies and kids don't like religious (laughs) fuddy-duddies. And the kids wanted to be around him. and, And Jesus said, allow the kids to come for... For their angels do always behold the face of their father, of my father. So he talked about the children having angels. And that's that's one of the places people take the idea that we have a guardian angel. Every person has a guardian angel. I, I believe it. It stands to reason we would. And just because we grow up doesn't mean we lose our angel. You know, just because you put a few years under your belt and maybe a few pounds under your belt, doesn't mean you lose your angel. So if these children had their angel always beholding the face of the Father, then we continually have an angel beholding the face of the Father. Because the Bible says we have angels that are here to minister to us. Hebrews 1 talks about it, Hebrews 1 and 2. These angels are ministers of His that minister to us who are called to inherit salvation. So if you've called upon Jesus, you've said yes to Jesus in your heart, you've come home in your heart, then you have an angel. You have an angel assigned to you who's constantly not only with you, but is looking to the Father for direction, looking to the Father for instruction, because these angels are His. They don't belong to us, they belong to Him. And when they serve us, they're worshiping Him. They're not worshiping us. And so it's just a beautiful thing. The, the activity of angels in our life. So here in uh, Revelation 21, verse 12, these 12 angels each stood at the gate, and there's names written on the gates. And it's the names of the 12 tribes of Israel. The 12 tribes of Israel. Wow. <laughs> if you've been with me with the last few podcasts, you've seen some of the struggle you've seen some of the drama, you've seen some of the ups and downs, you've seen the sleepless nights, you've seen the trouble that has come to God's family, God's promised family, God's family that started with Abraham and with a promise and with a blessing saying that in you all nations will be blessed. All families of the earth will be blessed. And that blessing carried on to Isaac and that blessing carried on to Jacob. And now Jacob has wrestled with God and now he's Israel. Just like Abram had to become Abraham. And now Jacob has become Israel. And just like Saul had to become Paul. There's a lot of name changes, and Simon had to become Peter. These are powerful, powerful encounters with God, and it's all about our identity being changed. And that's what happens when we come home in our heart and we make Jesus the Lord of our life. Jesus, like he told Simon, you're no longer Simon, you are Peter. And we allow Jesus to start telling us men who we really are, What does he know about my life? What can he teach me about who I am? Life has taught me things. Experiences have taught me things. Uh, The words of others, the opinions of others have, have tried to teach me things. How about we just let Jesus Christ tell us who we are? How about we just let the man's man, Jesus, tell us who we are and speak to us and get real with us? And that's why we've been on this journey And that's why we've been talking about these generations of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, or Israel. Because now look here, in the future, there's a gorgeous, glorious, sparkling city coming down with 12 gates. And on those 12 gates, you're going to see Reuben, Simeon, Levi, Judah, Issachar, Zebulun, Gad, Asher, Joseph, Benjamin, Bilhah, I'm not, not bilha Dan, and Naphtali. You know, these are the sons that Jacob or Israel had. And if you missed some of the previous episodes, man, just go back, click on to them, listen to them. A lot of detail in there. But what Jacob and Israel did is he had four women that he had children with. He had Leah, the, the wife that he got, that he didn't choose, but the wife he got because Laban didn't want to give his his uh, younger child first. He gave his oldest daughter first, so he had to work, you know, seven more years to get the wife he wanted, which was Rachel. And so, you know, Leah gave him children. Rachel gave him children. But in the whole drama of it, when those seasons hit and they couldn't have babies, and the pressure and the envy and the jealousy of that home between those women. You know they would give him their handmaids, and and he would have children with their maids, and uh, so Bilhah gave him to Dan and Naphtali, Zilpah gave him to Gad and Asher, but Rachel gave him Joseph and Benjamin, and Joseph, the story of Joseph, is one one of the most. I'll have to in the future just get specific with this particular story because there's no way. I can break down everything that I want to talk about in that particular story but I just want to fit it into what we're talking about here because at the end of Joseph's life you know his brothers basically throw him away because he's this favorite child Israel treats him different he gives him a coat of many colors and and his brothers have so much envy so much jealousy and to such a point when Joseph had a dream in Genesis, I think, 37. In fact, let's go ahead and go back to the book of Genesis, and we'll quickly march through some chapters here. But, uh, you know, I think it's like Genesis 37, where, um, you know, once Israel journeys on with his family, his 12 children with him, and his four <laughs> four ladies, two wives, and their handmaids, you know, they travel on. And uh, eventually... You know, um, let's see what chapter that is. Yeah, Genesis 37. Um, let's just, let me read that first part. Genesis 37, 1. Jacob dwelt, that's Israel, in the land wherein his father was a stranger in the land of Canaan. And remember, what was his vow? you remember the vow? The vow he made with God. He said, God, if you spare me from my brother who's chasing me and wants to kill me, that's Esau, and you bring me back to the land wherein my father dwelt. I will. You will be my God, and I vow, vow this day that I will give you a tenth. I will tithe a tenth of everything that you bless me with. He said, if you do that, well, here we are. He's now dwelling in a land wherein his father was a stranger in the land of Canaan. These are the generations of Jacob. Joseph, being 17 years old, was feeding the flock with his brethren, and the lad was with one, uh, and the and the lad was with the sons of Bilhah and with the sons of Zilpah, um, his father's wives. And Joseph brought unto his father their evil report. Now Israel loved Joseph more than all his children. This verse 3 because he was the son of his old age and his, his, <laughs> his chosen wife. And he made him a coat of many colors. And when his brethren saw that their father loved him more, all his brethren hated him. They could not even speak Peaceably to him. So, I mean, there is a lot of stress. There's a lot of stress in this home. In fact, you know, you look through God's family from the beginning of our journey with Abraham to where we're at right now, you're going to see dysfunction, you're going to see codependence, frustration, corruption, betrayal, deception, lying stealing, jealousy, envy, rejection, fornication, manipulation, hatred, attempted murder, disappointment, rape, depression, abuse, confusion, conspiracy, and favoritism. And that's just to name a few. Yet none of that puts God to a place where He's like, I'm ashamed of my family. No, He works And he weaves the thread of redemption through all the pain. He's not approving of the pain. He's not condoning the pain. But he's bigger than the pain. He's bigger than the failure. He's bigger than the struggle. He's bigger than the rejection. He's bigger than all those things I just mentioned. Jesus Christ is Lord. And He can be Lord in our lives, men, over all these things that we might go through in this life. Bankruptcy, struggled, failed businesses, job loss, uh, struggles in our marriage, struggles in our family. You know, on and on it goes. God is greater. Jesus is Lord. And never forget those 12 gates with those 12 names because God is not ashamed of all the things that we've went through in previous chapters all these several weeks now together talking about Abraham and Isaac and Jacob God's not ashamed of the struggle that we go through the bible says about Jesus he is a he is aware of our weaknesses he is he is not sympathetic to where he excuses them he's a, he's able to relate and he's able to lead us out lead us through and he has put holy spirit in our life to lead us and guide us into all truth. So no matter what the family of God went through, and we're, and it, it just almost pains me to do this, but I'm just going to have to bypass the life of Joseph right now because I, I want to take a lot of time. I want to take a few weeks and just talk about this journey. But let's go ahead and go to Genesis 48 because that will take us to the place we were at in Hebrews 11 verse 21 where Joseph asked Israel to bless two of his sons. And this would of course be Ephraim and Manasseh. So let's go to uh, Genesis 48. And then we're just going to have to circle back. I promise you men, I will not forget. Um, The story of Joseph is... uh, It's a very precious and dear story to me. So many things have changed my life as I've studied his life, and I've discovered so much about Jesus and my walk with Jesus, and how Jesus walks with me um, as I studied the life of Joseph and that redemptive story. But let's fast forward to Genesis 48 because this is the this is the portion that was referenced in Hebrews 11 because that's what we're doing in this particular series. We're marching through Hebrews 11, and we're now in verse 21, where Joseph asks Israel, because he knows he's about to pass, he's about to die, and he wants that blessing. Because these last several weeks, we've been talking about the power of the blessing. The power of the blessing. So, here's what happens. In Genesis chapter 48. Um... Let's see, Jacob said unto Joseph, verse 3, God Almighty appeared unto me in, Luz, in the land, Luz, or however you want to say that, in the land of Canaan, and he blessed me, and said unto me, Behold, I will make thee fruitful, and I will multiply you, and I will make of thee a multitude of people, and I will give this land unto thy seed, unto thy, uh, and unto thee for an everlasting possession. And now thy two sons... Ephraim and Manasseh, which were born unto thee into the land of Egypt before I came unto thee into Egypt are mine, as Reuben and Simeon they shall be mine. And so let's jump down to verse 8. We're in Genesis 48. Now verse 8. And Israel beheld Joseph's sons and said, Who are these? And Joseph said, These unto his father these are my sons whom God gave me in this place. Of course they're in Egypt. Um, remember Joseph was the one that, even though his sons threw his life away, eventually he rose in power. He became second in command under Pharaoh. And he not only preserved the nation of Egypt, he became a national, national hero. And when the seven years of famine hit, all the people came out of Canaan to Egypt to buy grain, to get grain. It was the only place you could get food because of the severe famine that had now been seven years years. And so that's when Joseph encountered his brothers and through redemptive love, uh, released them of their debt, forgave them of their debt, and of course then had had children with the wife he took. And that's where we're at right now. And so verse 8, uh, who are these? Uh, Israel asked. Verse 9, Genesis 48, 9, Joseph said to his father, these are my sons whom God's given me in this place. And he said, bring them I pray thee unto me, and I will bless them. So the power of the blessing. Say that with me, men. The power of the blessing. And that blessing is on us in Christ. And it not only kept God's family on track through all the ups and downs and the twists and turns, it can keep our life on track through all the ups and downs and the twists and turns. So he said, bring them to me and I will bless them. Now verse 10, now the eyes of Israel were dim. Does that sound familiar? <laughs> just like his daddy, Isaac, his eyes grew dim in, in, in later ages. Um, there's just so many parallels, so many cycles that repeat. And some of the cycles are not only the blessing and the good things, there's a lot of cycles here in these generations that are that are not good. These are bad things repeating, bad things repeating in cycles, which teaches us there's just certain things that are handed down generationally because we say it at Family Mission all the time, children learn what they live. So certain things are learned and certain things transfer unless someone's willing to rise up and say, no, that's not continuing. And my wife and I, we've had to do that in our life. We've, we both had good parents that loved us, supported us for us, prayed for us. But, you know, everybody lives in the light that they have. And, and you know, Kimberly and I, we weren't two perfect kids getting married. I mean, we had our own brokenness. We had our own issues. We had our own addictions. We had our own dysfunction. I mean, we were Christians. We loved Jesus. But, I mean, we weren't completely in a uh, totally healthy place. We thought we were. I mean, thought... Enough to start a church. I mean, we got married in July, moved in October, and started a church, and away we went. And, and the Lord blessed us. The Lord helped us, had mercy on us. Oh, my goodness. But we had to work through some things. We had to come through some some ups and downs and twists and turns, you know. It just felt like a roller coaster sometimes. But there was such a beautiful redemptive thread that was woven in my heart In her heart, and now we're seeing the fruit of it being woven in our own two sons, Samuel and Daniel. God is faithful. But we got to be willing to speak over our children. That's something I did as a dad. It's something Kim and I did as parents. We spoke over our children. We prayed over our children. We let them hear us pray over them. We let them hear us prophesy over them. And, of course, we did it secretly, privately. In our own times of prayer and intercession. So we did it to him publicly, we did it to him private to privately, but we blessed him, we prayed over him, we spoke over their lives. So here that's what happened here in Genesis forty eight, ten. Eyes of Israel were now dim. He could not see, and he brought them, that's Joseph, and he kissed them and he embraced them, and Israel said unto Joseph, I had not thought to see thy face remember, he thought Joseph was dead. His brothers told him he was dead. <laughs> was just quite, he lived for many years thinking Joseph was dead. They, those boys took back a coat of many colors, dipped it in blood, and lied to their daddy and said, no, the wolves got him. The, the, the animals got him. He's dead. And so he grieved, and he literally thought his son was dead. His favorite son, Joseph. But here he is. <laughs> Israel, he said, that's why he's saying, I, I just did not think that I would I would see this day. Uh, lo God has showed me my seed And Joseph brought them out from between his knees and he bowed himself with his face to the earth as is Joseph, Israel. And Joseph took them both, Ephraim in his right hand toward Israel's left and Manasseh in his left hand, toward the right of Israel's hand. And he brought them near to him. So in other words, he's positioning them based upon their age. Does that sound familiar about the older and the younger? Remember, as it was with Isaac and Rebekah, you know, uh, she had twins and Jacob and Esau came out and Esau came out first, Jacob came out second. But um, the word of the Lord came to Rebekah that, hey, the younger's going to rule over the older. And here we see same thing, a, a cycle happening. And so Joseph positions these two boys in front of Israel and he positions them so the oldest is on the right and the youngest is on the left because that right hand, is it's like Jesus. He's at the right hand of the throne. So that's that firstborn blessing. That's that firstborn uh, right and privilege and honor. And so Joseph is aware of that and he's positioning his sons and Israel, verse 14, this is Genesis forty-eight eighteen. Israel stretched out his right hand and laid it upon Ephraim's head, who was the younger, and his left hand upon Manasseh's head, guiding his hands wittingly, for Manasseh was the firstborn. And he blessed Joseph and said, God before whom my fathers Abraham and Isaac did walk, the God which fed me all my life unto this day, The angel, there we go again, the angel which redeemed me from all evil, bless the lads, bless the boys, and let my name be named on them, and the names of my father Abraham and Isaac, and let them grow into a multitude in the midst of the earth. And when Joseph saw what his father did, that he laid his right hand upon the head of Ephraim, and it displeased him. I'm reading verse 17, And he he held up his father's hand to remove it from Ephraim's head unto Manasseh's head. And Joseph said unto his father, Not so, my father, for this is the firstborn. Put your right hand upon his head. But his father refused. This is verse 19, Genesis 48. His father refused and said, Not so, my son. I know it. He also shall become a people. He also shall be great. But truly, this younger brother shall be greater than he, and his seed shall become a multitude of nations. Men, are you catching this? How big God thinks and how God is willing to declare the end from the beginning. I mean, these are just boys. These are just little boys. And he's he's declaring and prophesying that a multitude of nations will come forth from them. <laughs> I tell you, I'm almost in tears. I'm, I'm in joy. I'm just, man, this is just like a bomb going off in my heart. And I hope you're, you're catching the, the, the same zeal of the Lord that, man, God has a plan for us. You know, just like he spoke to Jeremiah, before you were in your mother's womb, I called you, I ordained you, I planned you, and you're going to be a prophet, and you're going to speak to nations. The word of the Lord's going to be in your mouth. Of course, Jeremiah thought, I'm too young. Can't say that. And he says, don't say that, Jeremiah. I'll put my word in your mouth, and your word will uproot, dig up, destroy, tear down, build, plant, I mean, he just, he dished it out to Jeremiah. I mean, God is not afraid to declare the end from the beginning. And that doesn't mean between the time he says it and the time it comes to pass that everything's just going to be a red walk on the carpet, just flowery beds of ease. It doesn't mean, I mean, do you think the enemy of our soul is going to just step aside, go, oh, that's a blessed one. I can't mess with him. no. He's going to come and try to push. He's going to come and kick. He's going to come with all his wiles and deceptions. Ephesians 6 says, Be strong in the Lord. And I just speak that over you, men. You are strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Because remember this we're not wrestling against the power of the devil. I want to debunk that. We're not wrestling against the power of the devil. It says in Ephesians 6, we wrestle against the wiles and the schemes. He's very deceptive. It's a mental warfare. Yeah, he does have power and he yields it through people who will yield to him. But I'm saying for you and I, we're not wrestling against flesh and blood, but against powers and principalities and, and rulers of darkness and, and wickedness in high places. But they will themselves, they express themselves through trickery, through deceit, and that's where we need Holy Spirit to lead us and guide us. But that's the beauty. That's the beauty of God being with us, God being in us. Mm. Man, we have the power of God with us. We have the favor of God on us. We have the blessing of the Lord on us as followers of Christ, as men who have been marked by Christ. So even though this thing is, is repeating itself, Joseph doesn't know exactly what's happening. His father refused. He says, I know it, son. He shall become a people. He shall become a multitude of nations. I mean, he's prophesying this grand, grand promise. And it's huge, absolutely huge. And so we need to realize that no matter what God has spoken, that doesn't mean that once he speaks it, till the time it's fulfilled, read Psalm 105, verse 19. Psalm 105, verse 19, where Joseph received his dream. You know what? I'm not going to rush past this. I could quote it, but I want us, if you have a Bible, please turn there because this is, we're going to cover this and then we're going to pray. Psalm 109 and verse, I'm sorry, Psalm 105, 105 verse 19 is talking about Joseph. Because like I said, here he's here he just released that blessing over Manasseh and Ephraim and he, he literally crossed his hands and put his right hand on the youngest, and his left hand on the eldest. And Joseph, no, that's not right. He said, no, I know what I'm doing. (laughs) I mean, it's repeating itself. It's happening again. But God has a plan. God has a plan. And so, look at this in Psalm 105, verse 19. Until the time that his word came. Now the word came through a dream. The word came when he told that dream and his brothers got mad and his brothers threw his life away. So until the time that his word came to pass where he literally was raised up next to Pharaoh, made a father unto Pharaoh, became a national hero and the time where his brothers came out of Canaan into Egypt to buy grain and they stood before their brother in Genesis 45 and he revealed himself to them until that time The time from the dream to the time of its fulfillment, where he was in charge in Egypt. Genesis, I'm sorry, Psalm 105, 19. Until the time that his word came, the word of the Lord tested him. The word of the Lord tried him. So from the time we receive this word, it doesn't mean everything's going to go right. You know, like in the right direction. There's going to be ups and downs. There's going to be twists and turns. But those are times where the Word is testing us. So we, like like Adam in the very beginning, Adam and Eve, when the Word's testing us, don't hide, don't cover, don't blame, don't run. Get honest with the Lord. Get honest with Jesus. Get honest with your Father in heaven. Let the Holy Spirit help you like He helps me. Repent. Come home in your heart. Get it sorted out. Get it worked out. Get it worked out with your wife. Get it worked out with your children. Get it worked out at work. Get it worked out in your soul. Hallelujah. Because the Word's testing us. Until the Word or the promise or the prophecy or the destiny is fulfilled, there's going to be a testing of our heart and a testing of our faith. And all of these men, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, who became Israel, and Joseph, they had the word test them. God tested Abraham. God tested Isaac. God tested Jacob. And then he became Israel and God tested Israel. And then God tested Joseph. And now Israel's blessing the sons of Joseph and Ephraim and Manasseh. And the same thing's repeating itself. And the blessings are being released and words are being spoken. I hope you've enjoyed the last several weeks as we've We've dug into the generations of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Like I said, five weeks we did with uh, Abraham, three weeks with Isaac, and now three weeks with Jacob, capping it off here with his son Joseph, the grandson. So, you know, But don't lose sight of Revelation 21, 10 through 12. Don't lose sight of the fact that those names, those names of Israel's children are forever on those city gates. The names of Reuben, Simeon, Levi, Judah, Issachar, Zebulun, Gad, Asher, Dan, Naphtali, and Joseph and Benjamin. God can work His plan out in our lives. And I pray that there's hope being restored to you. I pray that there's hope being revived, even resurrected in you. That a dream you thought was dead A prophecy you thought would never come to pass. When you realize the word of the Lord is testing you, go ahead and pass the test. Judge God faithful. Like Sarah did in Hebrews 11. It says, she received strength to conceive because she judged God faithful. Go ahead and through your tears and through your sleepless nights, judge God faithful. Through your pain and through your questions, judge God faithful. So as we've studied these generations, I believe we've caught something from the heart of God. We've caught something in the realm of the Spirit. And I want to thank you for just joining me on the podcast, joining me in the conversation. I hope you'll share this podcast with your brothers in Christ, with men that are in your life. And uh, don't forget to have the ladies check out the podcast, Crowned in His Glory, if you're younger men, and I'd include even the older men, I, I listen to all Sam's podcasts. I love them. <laughs> they speak to me. They challenge me. They stretch me. So, you know, check out Roar, Revealing Our Amazing Redeemer with with my son Sam, Sam Spellman. And, uh, and of course, check out the family mission. Sometimes we get a group together, all of us talking. A lot of times Sam and I are talking, but uh, we got some guests coming up here shortly that you're going to enjoy going to be a part of the conversation. So we just invite you to continue to tune in to the Family Mission Podcast group. And uh, so thankful that you're today with me on the Marksman Podcast and uh, just enjoying the journey with you. And I want to say thank you for letting me be a part of your journey.